0: Hi, and welcome to Today in the Medium. I'm Dan, and this is Jimmy. Hello there. And this is a podcast where we ask our guest about a piece of media that might be their favourite or might be something else.
1: You know, this could be a film, this could be a TV show. Hell, this could be a billboard advertisement at a bus stop. So, guest, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your, your, your piece of media of choice today?
2: Well, hello, I am Olivia, and the piece of media I am choosing today for what the media is Forrest Gump.
1: Need Ooh. I say more? <laughs> hey, it's a classic. Everybody yeah. loves Forrest Gump. Everybody's seen mm. Forrest Gump as well.
2: Well, apparently, apart from Dan, that decided to only watch it today, which... Um...
0: I at least decided to watch it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <I> just
2: probably... <laughs> True, there's a good start please. there.
1: It was released when, like, the late nineties, early thousands. It's been at least twenty-two years, Dan. I can't believe it's taken you so long.
0: It was released in nineteen ninety-four.
1: Oh, it's it not even the born. late nineties. You don't even have an excuse. Like this is before you were born.
0: before I was born. Exactly. My, I had my whole life to watch this film.
1: <laughs> I chosen not to.
0: Today's the day. <laughs> um,
1: definitely, <laughs> this is, apropos <laughs> of the podcast, you know, definitely nothing to do with that.
0: No, I, I, I would have watched it today, uh, regardless of what Liv picked. It's it's really useful that she picked this because all of my prep was on Forrest Gump. So
1: <laughs> how fortuitous! <laughs>
2: <she with> <laughs> hmm, interesting, interesting.
1: What you like about Forrest Gump? What is it? What, what what made you choose this film?
2: I suppose it was just like one of those comfort films that I watched quite a lot when I was younger.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then yeah. the older I got, just like the more hilarious it became because I realised it was just one massive piss take. And I don't think I realised that when I was younger. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, this is a pretty serious film. <laughs> and then <Yeah. laughs> 10-year-old this speaking. And then the older I got, I was just like, what on earth? It's just like this man that just does everything. Yeah. He's just like in all of the important parts of American history. How did that happen? So yeah, I, I just find it an abs... I find it hilarious, and I must admit, if I'm having a down day, it's Forrest Gump, because I cry at it quite a lot.
1: Hey, to be fair, I cry at it as well. You know, I'm, it, I'm a big cry when it comes to films, and Forrest Gump is one that gets me.
2: I just see that feather falling, and oh. I'm like, oh, fuck me in my
1: fields.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh.
2: The question is, Dan, did you cry?
0: I, d- I didn't. I was I was getting close at points, but uh, I I did not cry today. I feel like maybe in a second viewing where I really focused on film, I'm not on <laughs> like, <laughs> what can I say about this to sound like I've watched this before? Because I wasn't expecting to be outed so early.
1: Oh, no, i am got, got to throw you right under the bus. Come on. <laughs>
2: There's only one way. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Jenny's a bitch, and that's all you need to know, really.
1: See, that that hurt me a lot. Like whatever, As I got older and started watching the film, I was like, damn, Jenny, you really, you really did him bad, you know?
2: She did him dirty. She did him dirty.
1: He didn't deserve it.
2: He did not deserve it. He may, nice... be, he may be a stupid man, but he knows what love is.
0: It's oh. true. Oh.
2: Now do you feel like crying, Dan?
0: A little bit, a little bit. It is, isn't it? (laughs) We're just going to spend the next thirty minutes just trying to make me cry.
2: (laughs) What's what the medium without that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Isn't that what medium's all about—is evoking emotion? And that's why I think Forrest Gump's a great film, personally. You know. 100%.
2: 100%. It evokes so many different emotions. And it's just like so many films crushed into one film, which is another reason why it's just like absolute genius. Do
1: you know who I've got a lot of time for in it? I really who? love Lieutenant Dan.
2: But you got no legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: just their interactions were golden, you know?
2: I have a soft spot for Bubba, I must admit. Yeah. Uh, My favourite scene has to be where Bubba is just Listing off all the ways you can cook shrimp.
1: Ah, that, no, that's that's it. That's one of like the iconic moments, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's like one I'd heard of before today.
1: I think I was going to say like that was a thing that back in the early two thousands became like a one of the like. It wasn't really a meme because I don't think they were massive back then, but if yeah. memes were around, it would have been a meme. You know, definitely.
0: I think it's. But it would have been a meme of all They're both just so nice to him. And I think that's really... So many characters in the film, as you're watching, are just sort of like exploiting him in various ways. Yeah. And then there's just like Bummer and Lieutenant Dan, who, who are just like, yeah, he's chill. <laughs> he
3: is he's chill. He's my boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um... One hundred percent
0: what I did think is i i as I was doing my research, I was coming up across a couple about like the book, and I do think that uh whoever it was that adapted the film uh, like the script uh did a very good job because like <laughs> the book's mad. <laughs> <laughs> No, I
2: can honestly say I've never read the book. This is something that I need to do.
0: Well, in the book, it's less that he's just, like, an idiot. And he's more of a sort of... He's he's a savant. He's insanely good at, like, mental mathematics. And apparently, because there are things that, like... Because he's got this sort of weirdly intellectual side, apparently also gets quite... um, Sort of snarky at points within the book, which that sort of naivety is something that I think was great in the film. Like, he went into everything with a big open mind, and that's why it worked out well for him a lot of the time.
2: Yeah, 100%. He was just absolutely clueless. Just going through all of these, like, major events.
0: Whereas, like, in the book, he was, he was, he had an insane, like, maths ability, so. Uh, He became an astronaut at one point because of it. He won an international chess tournament when he was in college. He passed an advanced physics class whilst failing every other class that he was in. Like, I, I don't feel like that would have come across as well. I like that, like, his power in the film is just that he's trusting and friendly and, like... He's lovable because of that. He's not got some special skill that makes him valuable. Yes, he does. He can run fast and he does things well. But, like, his value as a character is just that he's a nice person.
2: Yeah, and I I think that's the best thing about it. I think they picked a really... It was a really good idea for them to pick Tom Hanks to play that character. And... I mean, I think it's bizarre that like, it's won, like, six Oscars. That, that's crazy. But it's worthy of the six for me. Maybe not to other people, but to me, it's worthy of those six Oscars.
0: I, mean, I think it's good. I think
1: it deserves all the awards. All of them. All of them. I mean, it's obviously well-liked, otherwise it wouldn't have done so well, you know? Yeah.
2: Exactly. And once again, I think that's just because it is just this big giant piss take.
3: Like, but,
2: oh, look at me running and getting a scholarship and meeting the president three times. <laughs> and then going on to be a war hero. And then a ping pong champion. The first white man in China. Like, what the hell?
3: Yeah. <laughs> so funny thing about that. <laughs> it just that. doesn't
2: end. It just carries on. And then so, he's like... like the most, he's, like, the most famous, infamous person ever, which is why it's also hilarious. Because he's just in all of these, like, moments, but nobody, like, really remembers him. And all the people from the town are just like, is that Forrest? Like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> How do you not know? He's, like, the most famous man. He's a war like, hero, <laughs> for crying see, out loud. See, if that type of story...
1: Like, If it was to happen like nowadays, can you imagine like if this is like an actual real life event that somebody had gone to a war and they were like a like a decorated war hero and, you know, won the ping pong championships and, you know, was uh, what was he played in the NFL, didn't he, for a bit? Or like college football?
0: All American college football super team. Like, yeah,
1: exactly. Like, there's no way that goes completely under the radar.
0: Yeah.
2: And then he decided to go running for God knows how many years straight.
1: See, that was actually based on a true story. You know,
2: that is really cool. I, you
0: know, people have definitely done like the running back and forth across America. Um, I
1: don't
0: know how. Yeah.
2: Inspired by Forrest Gump.
0: <laughs> so
1: that, so Forrest Gump scene was inspired by um, Louis Michael Figueroa, age sixteen. He ran from New Jersey to San Francisco for the American Cancer Society. Oh. Wow. An unknowingly inspired line from Forrest Gump's run on the silver screen, which was, you know, I just put one foot in front of the other. Uh, when I get tired, I sleep. When I get hungry, I eat. And when I have to go to the bathroom, I go. So, yeah. All right. okay. Pretty
2: inspirational. It is, right? Yeah. I love yeah. how on that run, he just, like, made people millionaires to, like,
3: completely
2: <laughs> oh, by so sheer good.
0: accident. <laughs> that little montage of, like, the ways <gasps> that he had huge cultural impact. And then at the same time, like... All those people following him, and that scene where he just like decides he's done running and they're like, oh my god, he's had some sort of revelation. (laughs) He's just like, I'm going home now.
3: I'm tired.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful.
2: I think my favourite bit from that is when the guy's running along and like, I just really need a great idea for a bumper sticker. Whoa, you just ran through loads of shit. And he's like, It happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and he's like, What? Shit? And it's like, Ding, libel. Yeah.
1: The libel moment. <laughs>
2: yeah. Or when he wipes his face with mud and it just somehow turns into a smiley face. Like, what on earth? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh. I think one of the most iconic kind of landmarks for the film is the park bench. Yes, and like 100%. That, and like, so again, a fun little fact about that park bench. So um, it got removed and placed into a museum uh, to avoid being destroyed by bad weather or stolen. Which is, yeah, it's just quite fun because um, it was all mainly filmed in one location. Um, in Georgia, yeah. So, like, obviously, as a way to preserve it and make sure that nothing kind of happened to the park bench, because obviously it became so iconic, and you know, people from around would have travelled there to be like, "Oh my God, it's the Forest gum Bench." Right.
0: But did they put another bench there, or have they just left that bit of Georgia without a bench?
1: Um, I just think <laughs> the they've left quiet. that bit of yeah. I was gonna say I just think that they <laughs> well, didn't replace the bench. bench.
0: I mean, clearly there was a use for a bench there, like. <laughs> 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 I'd... it's a bench you know it's, it's an <laughs> item with purpose and if you replace it with a new bench like if it can't stand up to the outside weather and peop- like lots of people sitting on it then it's not a good bench
3: <laughs> <laughs> and if it can
0: stand up to that then it was a good bench and they've robbed it of its purpose that's it if they've replaced it with another bench then what's to stop people thinking that the bench they've replaced it with is the same bench
2: (laughs) they could just place a plaque on it and be like this is the real bench
0: yeah, this is not the bench. That's real not shady bench. at the real all. bench is in the museum. This bench is a replacement bench. <laughs> so that you can't...
2: <laughs> we have had to replace this bench due to bad weather.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think what, I, what I'm hearing from this is that we need to take a trip to uh, Chippewa Square in Savannah, Georgia for a podcast one time, Dan.
0: Yeah, recorded from the, <laughs> the place where there ought to be a bench, but apparently yeah. there's
1: not anymore.
2: Live from the scene.
1: Exactly. This is this is the where this is the direction the podcast is going in now. The famous
0: movie benches.
1: <laughs> famous movie benches. Famous landmarks that got moved from films for threat of bad weather or being stolen.
2: <laughs> hey, I think you could have a whole new podcast just with that alone. Yeah, just
1: traveling to places. <laughs> That's an Instagram account if I've ever heard one.
2: Yeah. Tell me about it. Even more of an Instagram account than the Weatherspoons carpets.
1: Oh. <laughs> What have a great seen, account! <laughs> just to quickly divulge, have you heard the one um, that counts? Have you seen the Facebook group that counts the amount of chips they got given with um the weather screen's <laughs> Orders?
2: Yes, that's hilarious. And incredible. then they start measuring like the diameter and everything of the chips. Yes, One's shorter than this one. This is not a full chip. <laughs> 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 this is not uh, chip worthy.
0: <laughs> as much as I love it, I do feel kind of bad for like the stand, like the the bartenders at the Spoons when people are doing it, like...
1: Oh, yeah. Like, everybody knows what they're doing now, surely.
0: Yeah, I just, you know, if if we're going to absolutely fuck whatever his name is that's in charge of Spoons. But there are actual people that work there who are having to deal now with, or hopefully less now, but there was a while where it was, like, big. It was, like, hitting BBC News and... How many people will they have had to deal with that were, like, counting the chips that they've just served them? Like, I wonder
2: how many people kicked off about the chips that they were served.
0: I just... Imagine going and giving someone their dinner and the first thing the person does is start counting the chips.
1: <laughs> like...
2: Just stand here and wait, please. I need to make sure this is adequate.
1: <laughs> I think that the uh, the the kitchen staff must count the chips themselves and be like, right, this person's a dickhead. They can get seven... There's an explicit (laughs) warning. Um...
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're not a fan of him. Send him mash (laughs) instead.
1: Yeah, exactly right. This is why I don't work in um in in a kitchen.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. I really don't blame you. Not my vibe. But apparently, it was Bubba's mum's vibe. Cooking up all that shrimp.
1: That's a good segue back. I'm a fan of that. That was incredible. We've ruined Claps. it by stopping to admire it, but incredible segue. <laughs> I just sorry it needed to be said. I just didn't appreciate <laughs> that.
2: Why? <Well>, thank you. <laughs> Do
0: you know, i I've really liked the fact that Forrest was like true to his word and gave Bubba's mum half of the money. Like, yeah. I think it really encapsulates sort of the character from the film of like he would made that promise, not only to start the shrimp thing, like. But well, damn, a promise is a promise. I know, and oh, it was it was very nice.
1: It was. I think that Forrest just kind of in, in in encompasses what people wish they were in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's an innocence to him that I think that you lose as you get older, and then that's why I think that that's where the interesting dynamic between, like, Jenny and Forrest kind of comes into it, right?
0: 100%. (laughs) I'm sorry for what I'm about to do, but I really think this is summed up well from that scene in uh, Scooby-Doo 2, (laughs) 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 Monsters Unleashed. When... Shaggy and Scooby are drinking random science potions from the fridge and uh, Scooby drinks one that makes him insanely smart and his <laughs> immediate reaction is to start to like, mix one that will make him dumb again <laughs> he wants to return to that time of blissful ignorance um, you know
1: No, I, that's it, that's it, I feel like there's, there's um, like a, nice, a nice simplicity to him almost, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's good-natured, it's...
1: Like he's just a good person.
0: Yeah.
2: He gave Elvis moves, for crying out loud.
1: Exactly.
0: I, I did think it was a bit odd that, like... I really enjoyed that it was being told from this bus stop. And then you reach that sort of point in the film where it's caught up. And then you just sort of following in real time as we get towards the end. And that swap was a bit strange. I sort of...
3: It messed with you a little bit. I... D- it was...
0: It, I just didn't really know what was going to go on there. Uh, like, everything else was this story that seemed completely unbelievable and, like, contained all this weird, unbelievable stuff, but also, like, at the bus stop, there were the various bits of proof from it that he was accidentally showing. And then it just swapped to sort of present tense and was following him. And I I always find, generally, I don't mind when a film's told from, like, a future perspective with bits of explanation and stuff. And often they do swap at the end to, like... A resolving moment but it wasn't just a resolving moment it was like a continuation of the story
2: yeah and not even a good one because jenny's a bitch
0: yeah
3: imagine
2: Frick finding Jenny. out imagine finding out like five six years down the line oh by the way you have a child i'm dying it's probably aids you and my son probably have it <laughs> But there you go. I'm off now. Marry me, just so you can look after our child that I never told you about. Bish bash bosh. Done.
1: When we- you put when you put it so when you put it so bluntly, it's it's not good, is it?
0: It's, it's not good. Like
1: it's, uh,
0: it's the point where it's like as much as Forrest, like perhaps. The the thing is, right, and and it's difficult (laughs) to put into words initially, you could make the assumption that without some help, Forrest perhaps wouldn't make the best dad. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be arranged for a child, especially when they're younger, that you don't want to put all on the child because they have to remind their dad to do it, otherwise there's a chance he just won't think to do it at all. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except that at that point, Forrest was so, like, rich. They could have the people in to help. Like.
2: Definitely. Mind boggling rich. And he's still so
3: humble and he's wearing his dirty trainers. <laughs> like. <laughs> And I
0: feel like he would have appreciated the opportunity to be mildly more part of his son's life and provide things for his son. Because even in the 1980s in America, like, Jenny was on a waitress salary trying to provide everything on her own for herself and her son. Like, there's definitely stuff that they were missing out on that, with one phone call, they could have solved that problem yeah, yeah definitely
2: and i think as well why are you trying to hide that like it's, it's not a, it's not a good thing to hide maybe it's because she felt he wasn't up to the job maybe it was because you know she didn't want him to have that responsibility but forest makes a smashing dad and you know she left him to the devices with the child in the end anyway yeah uh, she should have just told him sooner. I mean, I'm assuming I mean, I mean, it's just because she wanted a fresh start from life, which is another reason why she ran away and cut contact completely.
0: Like The initial uh. cut-off of she thought he deserved better, I was like, well, he, he, he did deserve better. He she's still
2: does. <laughs> been terrible
0: to him is for a long time. And that initial cut-off, I was like, okay, she's just going to, Get in the taxi and go, and like, it'll be sad for him, but it's probably better for him in the long run. And then, but the moment you know that the sun's on the way, like, yeah, maybe you don't want a life with Forrest, but there's ways to have some sort of arrangement in place where you... Like, he gets to know that he's a son. He has a son, you know?
2: Yeah, 100%. Definitely. 100%. But as much as I'm slamming Jenny right now, the girl did have problems.
0: Yeah. Like, and that's sad
2: too. Like, it's definitely. not great what she had to go through. It,
0: that was another... I thought it was a very... I liked how that was still sort of a side thing in the film. It was a really sad story, and it was told sort of through the eyes of Forrest, but I was, throughout, like, you could make a film that is, and there are plenty of films out there that are just stories of someone sort of, you know, going through an abusive home, from an abusive home, and living through various horrible situations until they eventually die. Like, that's a whole type of film that exists and it was sort of cool to see that almost from a completely innocent perspective
2: yeah yes. exactly I think Forrest tells it in such a good way that it, 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 it probably doesn't seem as bad as it is or it doesn't like draw too much attention from the rest of the film it just adds to it which is a really good thing
1: yeah but That's yeah. it, because it wasn't, it wasn't the Jenny show, was it? it was, it's, it's not called, I don't know what Jenny's last name is, I've forgotten it, but the film wasn't called Jenny, it was called Forrest Gump, and she did, I think that she was written well as like a supporting character.
2: Yeah, really well, really well. It yeah. was definitely a good supporting character to have. So I'm going to ask both of you, what is your actual favourite part of Forrest Gump, and what is your favourite line?
3: Ooh... Yeah, this is a
1: difficult one.
3: It's that's a thinker, isn't it?
1: Yeah. We're not using this. This doesn't happen to us. <laughs> <laughs> we, we ask the questions around here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Sorry, just kind of taking over your podcast, guys. Um,
1: hey, this is, like, this is like we've gone to the police station. We're being interrogated. We're, the, well, we're interrogating. We're the police officers. And then the, the suspects turn around and go, no, but what do you think happened? And it's like, I uh, that's not what we're here for. What, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is me ad-libbing so I can give Dan time to think. Uh,
0: I really (laughs) love when (laughs) once Forrest has got the boat, and then there's just that scene where Lieutenant Dan appears on like the the um wharf, the pier and he's waving at the boat and he sees him and Forrest's so happy and it sort of shows that Lieutenant Dan's like pulled himself out of a sort of really horrible situation that he was in, in New York Yeah and there's just a, that sort of scene where you get Forrest's complete joy jumping off the boat to swim to Dan and then they meet and they're like, a so happy like hugging and reuniting and then the boat crashes behind them <laughs> just jumped off the boat and swum back rather than like <laughs> pilot the boat back <laughs> i genuinely think that it sort of sums up the sort of heartfelt nature of the film and also the the sort of dumb comedy that's also a huge part of it you know
2: yeah and then i love that he just turns around and goes that's my boat
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> As it just crashes into everything.
0: It's genuinely, I think, it really sort of sums up a lot of the things that I liked about the film. That sort of message of hope, the dumb dumb comedy, like I really, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Excellent scene.
2: Yeah, I must say it is, it is a good part. What about you, Jimmy?
1: Uh, okay, right. <laughs> this is this is difficult because I'm not I won't lie. It has been a hot minute since I have watched this film. I didn't do a Dan and uh, decided to watch it for the first time today. Um, but from the bits that like obviously I look back on it, um I really enjoyed the just the entire kind of the the full storyline between Forrest and Jenny. I think that that is one of my favorite things within the film. I love the kind of the the way it develops, the kind of the emotions that are brought out from it uh, I think. Real, my favourite bit about that though is the, um, the initial scene. You know when she's like, Faris, "Run, forest, yeah. you run!"
3: Know,
2: yeah,
1: back at I just think it's it's golden, and there's a reason why it's so well thought of. You know, it's iconic, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I think. Like if you be... see
2: someone just running down the street, the first thing you say to that person is, "Run, Forrest, run!" Yeah. <laughs> 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 you just can't, for me anyway, I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. It ends up being a chorus and a choir of everyone yeah. that's with you as well.
1: Yeah. That's it. You know, I, I I again, I just I like that, um I like that it became, as you've just said, like a nice cultural thing that happened for a bit and still does occasionally happen.
3: Yeah.
2: One hundred percent. I must say as well, after re watching it recently, maybe twice already this year.
1: Oops. Wow. <laughs> That's dedication.
2: I know, right? I mean, I didn't watch it last year, so I had to catch up, you know.
1: I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Fair enough.
2: But I don't know. I think the most hilarious part of that is when he's just like, I was running. <laughs> 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 and then it's just him just sprinting everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere he goes, he is just running.
0: <laughs> what about you? Your favourite bit?
2: My favourite bit. I would honestly have to say it would be the Bubba and the Shrimp bit.
1: Fair enough. It is iconic.
2: Yeah. That bit, I have so many good moments of it, though. I actually, last year, made a Forrest Gump playlist because the soundtrack (laughs) is just great.
0: The soundtrack's
1: great.
2: What a fantastic soundtrack.
1: What's your favourite song on the soundtrack?
2: Oh, gosh.
1: Yeah, well, make Don't you think. get
2: me started. <laughs> um, probably would have to be fortunate son. Maybe all along the watchtower. I don't even know where to begin with that. Like they're all bangers. Yeah. Do See if I dance? had to give
1: if do I, I had to give what? them a rating, I would definitely be putting them at least tunes. There's an <laughs> occasional anthem in there. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
3: 100%.
0: Definitely. Much no, enjoyed. I, such a good
2: Let's just talk about that house. Like, what on earth? I want that house in my life. What a nice balcony. Yeah,
0: It is a good house. It's a nice house. It's... That
2: is a balcony that I could live with. I could be very happy with that balcony.
3: Lots
0: well, It the was themes? lovely. Do you, I, I might... Have another favorite bit, which is just when his son gets the bus on the bus at the end, and like that interaction with the bus driver. And I think it yeah. sums up so much about like that's who Forrest is. Like he's he might be like insanely dumb, but also he introduced himself to that woman. They became not strangers, and then before he sent his son to school for the first time. He was like, This is the full name of the bus driver. <laughs> you know, introduce yourself.
2: Yeah, I loved that um, bit. You could you've seen him hesitate as well, like just about to tell him, like, don't talk to strangers, and then he just cuts himself off. And he's like, Have a nice day.
0: Yeah. Like, it's oh, that final, like, as as a sort of counterpart to the initial scene of him getting on the bus, it really sort of shows How much he learned throughout the film, and how much of that he passed on to his son. And like yep. his son still is the good natured sort of youth that introduces himself and makes the bus driver smile, but also doesn't have the same sort of fear and hesitation and just gets on the bus. It's chill. Has a I great think, and
2: yeah, and I think it's a really good, a really good end to the film. And I think, I suppose, The Feather, in a way, is quite iconic. Because he only finds that feather when he's at the bus stop talking about his story. It wasn't something from the beginning. And then as soon as his son gets on the bus, it just flies out. And it's next to the Curious George book that his mum read to him when he was younger and that he read to his son. I love that the briefcase is just full of important things.
0: Yeah, definitely
2: like, memories that have, like, rejogged all of this conversation at the bus stop.
0: I also like that he didn't need to be at the bus stop. Like, the resolution of him waiting at the bus stop is not him catching the bus. Yeah, it's It's... just
2: him telling his story.
0: He he tells his story, (laughs) and because he's made this connection with someone, they're like, oh, yeah, here's where you go. It's way easier than just getting the bus. (laughs) Like, I think there's... i just
2: i think it comes comes back to him being very humble as well like he has all the money in the world and he's still choosing to get on the bus yeah (laughs) like he could have someone that drives him to where he he could definitely
0: have been like taxied or like chauffeured to the exact address and he's humble enough to still get the bus but also like those were the instructions he was given
2: you know? <laughs> yeah, literally. This is what um, you were told and this is what you're doing. Yeah. He's a little rebel though, deviating from that.
0: I know. <laughs> Absolutely. But it wouldn't
2: be fitting if Forrest
3: didn't run.
0: That's <laughs> <I> true. <trying.
2: laughs> <laughs> you have to run at least one more time.
0: Yeah. So Just, just for
2: the
3: effect.
0: <laughs> Excellent film. Uh Did you have any other films or any other sort of media that you attempted to bring on this evening?
2: (laughs) Well, considering Stevie only told me about it (laughs) this morning, and I was not expecting it to be today. I was expecting that I'd get to think about it first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've planned things ahead, guys. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But upon reflecting, potentially Django. I think that is an absolutely phenomenal... Piece of film.
1: You know, I've not seen that. Do you know? Dan
2: <laughs> disappointed me this morning. You're disappointing me now.
1: It's a podcast <laughs> of disappointments.
2: It literally is. Which is also why Dan needs to come on and talk about his disappointment with the new Kingsman film. But I will oh. leave that for him to discuss.
0: <laughs> I just. I don't understand how a film can have that much airtime of Rasputin in and not play Boney M at any point on the soundtrack. Like, Rasputin's one of the main bad guys, and he's in the film for so much. And when you what, like, whenever anyone mentions Rasputin, all anyone thinks for the next, like, ten minutes in their head is just, rah, rah, Rasputin. Like, that's all that's going on in the entire audience's heads, and they just don't address the fact and then i was i was having this rant to my housemate and he was like yeah but i think they made a choice with the music to like only have music that might have been around like back in the early 1900s and i'm like i don't care this is this is the prequel to a film that managed to contrive the plot in such a way that elton john was present at the big standoff in 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 the second film so that elton john could play Elton John songs as the soundtrack to the final battle before doing, like, a flying kick. Like, this is not a film series where I want historical realism in the background music. This is a film series where when you introduce Rasputin, I want to hear Boney M. <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> the- <laughs> i really... I, know, I it does really yeah, This is why I love doing the podcast with you because I just love I love these these points that you come out with. I just think it's golden.
2: That was just Dan's opinion. I did tell him to guest star on this podcast with that view.
1: I I just don't know
0: that like I could say much more about the film than that, other than the whole like taking credit for Hitler thing in the post credit scene, um, which you know is a real choice. (laughs) Most, you know, films have had Nazis in. And that's like, fine. Nazis are the bad guys in a ton of films. But in most instances that I can think of, even if you've got like this big, terrible bad guy, they use the Nazis for their purposes, or they ally themselves to the Nazis. And that shows you that they're insanely evil. And like, yes, Hitler has appeared as a bad guy in films. But what they specifically did was introduce, like, their villains are this shadowy sort of secret organisation, and that shadowy secret organisation created and controlled Hitler, is the implication of that post-credit scene. Like, (laughs) not allied themselves to Hitler, not used Hitler for their purposes, created and controlled Hitler.
3: Literally. Like, like, Mm.
0: that's such a choice. I... I thought the reason they picked World War One rather than World War II was because they were going to do the same thing that the Minions film did, and then just have everyone be in Antarctica for the duration of World War II so that no one has to be associated with Hitler. Because the Minions film did that excellently. Uh, <laughs> 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 they set up this whole thing of the Minions always allying themselves to the most evil person on the planet, and then lo and behold, it hits the early 1900s, and the Minions get stuck in Antarctica until about the 1970s. And do you know what? That's the way to do it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. it. <laughs>
1: Otherwise, you've got to... Just...
0: Otherwise, you've got to take credit for Hitler.
1: Yeah, and, like, I've, I've got a strong... I I don't like the Minions. I don't like them. They make me sad. It's It's another... <laughs> That's a whole different thing. But, either way...
0: (laughs) At least they've got the right opinions on Hitler.
1: Exactly, (laughs) you know? As the old adage goes, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So that's everything I have to say about the new Kingsman film. Uh, sort of a double bit <laughs> podcast today. Luke <laughs>
3: talks
0: about Forrest Gump, and then I just it... rant out twice about <laughs> Kingsman and then refused to have any further discussion.
2: <laughs> in, yeah, qu- quoting Forrest Gump. That's all I have to say about that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's so many
2: quotable moments in that film.
0: So many. Incredible.
2: So many. Yeah, I suppose the other one I would choose would be Django. Yeah. And then... Good film. I don't know. It's not something I wish to discuss, but something everything ha- everyone has to see is Shrek Retold. Ooh. It just, it just has to be a thing. And yes, Dan, I am doubly disappointed that you have still not seen it.
0: I, I, I will at some point. I just I need to be in the right state of mind. To it be fair, like I should have
2: pretended. I should have pretended like that is what I wanted to listen what like talk about today and then you'd have had to go and watch it and I had have had to put you through that pain
0: I think I'm going to really enjoy it if I watch it in the right state of mind and you know maybe we'll get there sometime soon and then I'm going to have a great time <laughs> and it's going to be amazing but uh, you've got to be in the zone to watch Something that sounds, well, something as mad as that sounds, you know?
2: 100%. I think you and Jimmy should watch it together.
1: What's the concept for um, Shrek Untold for, for, the, for the listeners that have not seen it?
2: So it's basically Shrek retold.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Boom.
1: Hold them
0: once, and we'll tell them again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: except um, it's lots of different animators and actors that come together to remake it. So each like, little clip of the film is completely different. Same to the actual film, but for one minute it can be like live actors, the next minute it'll be like an animation. And I think some of the creators that are involved in it just like blow some stuff completely out of proportion and make it absolutely mad, which is what makes it so bizarrely great but also what? just, like, why am I watching this?
3: <laughs> so
1: it's like, the real like... Shrek is
3: good enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's given me, like, um, like, Love, Death and Robots, the series on Netflix, where, like, each episode is done by a different, like, animator or creator. So they're all done in a very different style and tell their own story.
2: Yeah, it's Whereas pretty like... much that, except, like, you'll watch one minute of one and then one minute of the other.
1: Yeah, um, it sounds like, it just sounds chaotic. I've definitely, yeah, it's utter
2: carnage, but that's why it needs to be seen.
0: I've definitely seen and enjoyed like a YouTube video of steamed hams, except every word they they change animator. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> like <laughs> people do these things, and I do enjoy them. So I think that might be my 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 next thing to watch. <laughs>
2: The question is, is it going to be sober or drunk?
0: That's always the question. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is, we'll get there when we get there.
2: I mean, you could 100% turn it into a major drinking game.
0: Yeah. That would be. be
2: just as fantastic.
0: Might be the
1: plan. That might be the plan. Drink every time the animation changes.
2: Oh yeah, you'd be smashed <laughs> by the end of it.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's the drinking game. That's the drinking rules. Nice and easy. Literally,
2: not much, not much thought has to go into it. You just have to carry on drinking, and that's not a bad thing.
1: It'll help you get through
0: the not film. At all. Oh, so I think I think this brings us to the most important question of the podcast.
3: And what question oh. is that?
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a question we ask every every episode. And it's it's a fairly simple one. <laughs> From your favourite and chosen piece of media, Forrest Gump, I want you to select any character. It could be the titular Forrest Gump, or it could be anyone else. And I want you to tell me how many lions you reckon they could fight. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They do get no. a little bit, a little bit of time, an hour of prep time, I believe, so they could mm-hmm. try and phone in friends, um, call in favors, whatever. But you Okey can pick dokes. any character, wow. and we need to come up with a number.
1: What I think would think... be funny is if we, um, is if Elvis Presley was the chosen character, because then <laughs> <Okay>. we <laughs> exactly right, and then we'd be able to see how it would compare this time around. However. What character are you thinking to choose him?
2: I think that is quite an interesting was as I'm aware one of your previous podcasts yeah. was on the king himself.
1: It certainly was. We so, have discussed how
0: many lions we reckon Elvis could fight in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, um, how many do you think that Elvis could fight in Alabama?
1: <laughs> ooh. What's the population of Alabama? That one.
2: That's a Google
0: job. (laughs) That is. Um, I'm just trying to work out what number Stevie said in the end, uh, which involves trying to find a piece of paper with important information written on it.
2: It should be stored in a safe cupboard with a lock on it.
0: Ah. That would make sense. What I've decided to do is just have piles of paper, some of which contains nothing of any useful information, and some of it contains very important information, and that way, if you try to steal it, you've either got to steal far too much paper, or you've got to really take a gamble.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's in through damn spirit, and I respect that. I respect that highly.
0: There's just going to be paper shuffling noises for a minute or two, whilst I—I
1: I feel like didn't Elvis Presley take on like nine himself? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man's a legend, you know. The king Dave taking on the king, the king of the, of the jungle. For
2: nothing. He yeah. rules the
3: tribe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. So okay, right. So what do you think Elvis Presley could do in Alabama?
2: Well, apparently, he invent a nude walk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that would help in his health um, of
2: his allies? Do
1: you reckon that would help in the conquest against the lions?
2: One hundred percent. If a lion's going to bite him, he just needs to flip that leg the other way. The brace dance. Brace yourselves for their brace dance.
1: <laughs> brace yourselves for the lion attack.
2: <laughs> Literally. I mean, lions are the king of the jungle. Elvis clearly stole that. He took that from them.
0: So, so, okay. In Hawaii, we reckoned that the king could fight 200 lions. And I really feel like we underestimated his power.
2: You but really, really underestimated the power of the Presley.
0: Like, I think we have to consider here that, like, we're we're back in mainland USA. Everyone's got a gun. There's, like, Two guns per person. And we're in the south. Like,
1: there's a lot of weaponry going around. I didn't even think about that. That's Um, so true. He's
2: got himself a boy that can run.
0: He does. Like... this (laughs) This is prime Elvis territory. I think... I think, think. is is calls going to be heeded by a lot more people? Those people are going to turn up armed. They're going to be able to turn up from further away.
1: I think... I mean, they're still going to be within the state of Alabama, because I'm not sure what a travel time of one hour looks like (laughs) in America, but I can't imagine it's uh, too great.
0: But also, and I don't feel like we've touched on this previously, but I think it's important. I think that in a lot of places in the world once our main characters started fighting lions, the immediate reaction of the surrounding populace would be to move away from said area because there's a horde of rampaging lions. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas I feel... But you're in America, From my understanding of the culture of the southern US, if they found out there was a fight going on, especially with Elvis on one side... And a bunch of like lions on the other side. I think people would just continue to travel in.
1: Just think of the trophy sport. Like they don't even need to travel to Africa for this. They can just get the photos ready. You know, hey, there's me killing this lion.
0: And provided the people that arrive in the first hour last another hour, like you've you've doubled the radius that people oh, are traveling from.
1: Oh, this at
3: is
0: which big. One, you're getting more people. Like, I don't feel like this is something you can take into account in most other places, because I think that the fleeing traffic would cause people to be unable to get there. But I think (laughs) that in the southern United States, it is my understanding, and I could be wrong, I could be being, you know, very racist and inappropriate but I truly believe from every piece of media I've ever consu- consumed about the Southern United States, including Forrest Gump, <laughs> that if there was an opportunity, a bunch of hillbillies would turn up in the back of an open back truck, armed, in order to shoot at something.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know I what? Think you're wrong there. Who needs a gator when you have a
1: lion? Yeah. If we've got any uh, listeners from... Somewhere in uh, the south of America, especially Alabama. Let us, let us, let us know. Get in touch with us somehow. on One of our social media platforms. There's your plug.
2: Yeah. and we apologise.
1: Do we? Do we? Uh, we, we don't apologise on this podcast. No. Wait, no. Well, uh, uh, I need to threaten to fight them again.
3: <laughs>
1: Listen here, guys. I will. I, I, I could I could personally beat the amount of lions that is being set out in this one. Totally, be easy. And the population of Alabama, probably.
0: The population of Alabama is apparently like 5 million. Uh,
1: it's just a fair few. Yeah. Even if you just took like a county, like if you took like the biggest one from the 2020 consensus, which is Huntsville, uh-huh. or like uh, the city of Huntsville, should I say, then uh, it's got three counties in it of Madison and Limestone, which is 215,000 is what I'm trying to get at. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Also Obviously,
0: not all of those people are going to join in. Well,
2: but yeah, some are old, some are young, you know? I think... I mean, if they can crawl, they can hold a gun, but...
0: When T will. I'm getting back on yeah. that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the Christmas episode all over again.
0: I, I'm not going to cut this. So <laughs> I feel like it's, this is the point to address that for some reason every time we talk about this we end up trying to discuss how many lions a child could fight and I don't want to get into that discussion once again the children are going to flee we're going to save the children <laughs>
2: uh, what about the old people?
0: they're, they're, they're fine I they're think some of the old, old people too. are going to join in yeah. but only if they want to Exactly. I just, you know.
2: It's kind that you're giving them a choice.
1: Yeah. Of course. It's the only way these lion fights happen, you, you know. It'll be
2: the next poster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 it's the real call to arms.
3: <laughs> Literally.
1: So,
0: but also, you have to bear in mind that, like, once you get to a certain mat- mass of lions, I almost feel like one, like, redneck with a gun. Could possibly fight one or two lions if they're prepared, but increasing the number of rednecks does not increase the number of lions, like in a one-to-one ratio. I, I think you. that I think that lots of rednecks altogether is probably going to lead to some friendly fire. Some, <laughs> some like I think once you get past like three or four, they start to be drunk. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're just having a good time, you know? This is just yeah. a typical Friday.
0: You, you, uh, I, I just believe that's what happens. Um, <laughs> so as we increase the in numbers on that side, they're getting less effective. And as you increase the numbers on the lion's side, like I think they get significantly more effective. And I feel
3: like... They're not going to come
2: prepared with lots of bullets. They're only going to have a, few, a fair few.
1: True. Which buckets of bullets.
2: <laughs> oh, they've got buckets of bullets, right.
1: And all the ammunition stores that I imagine that, you, that, yeah. that, you know, America has.
0: I don't feel like amount of weapons is going to be the issue. I think the issue is just going to be, like, like... The
3: amount of hillbillies?
0: Yeah. The amount of lions. <laughs> I I think, I don't think you're still at one-to-one by the time you've got, uh, how many did we say? 200,000 hillbillies? Yeah. Like, my gut instinct would be that they probably, like, are at maybe half effectiveness, slightly less at that point.
2: So 0.5 of a lion each.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, mean, this is uh, still looking like our highest scorer. It's your
0: decision. (laughs) You get to choose how many lions we say.
1: Yeah, you could completely disagree with us and say, nah, the more you get together, they could take on four each, you know?
0: (laughs) If that's what you believe, like...
1: This is is the question. This is what we're posing to you. This is the crux of the podcast. Without this question, we're nothing. (laughs) 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 Nobody cares about the media choices. What we care about is hearing how many lions people can take.
2: I feel like Presley alone could take on a good, like, 50, just by himself, just by himself doing the brace dance.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Breaking lion's legs with those moves. 100%
2: dodging lions since 1994. (laughs) That was when the film was made as well, not like actual time. I was going to say,
1: I'm not sure Presley was around at that point.
2: (laughs) The lions had him by then.
1: (laughs) That's the real conspiracy theory, just to link it again. (laughs) Um,
2: He is no longer the pride of the rock. (laughs) The king has fallen.
1: (laughs) And another alpha has taken his place.
2: (laughs) But well, I, don't, I don't know, guys. You know, what I'm, thinking? I'm thinking they'd be able to take on a lot. If there's not been any Gators in the past few days, they're going to be fueled for it. They're going to be ready. Oh, they'll, be, oh. they'll be ready for the fight. There's lots of different things we need to see, take into consideration here.
0: No, we don't. We just need a number. This is what the <laughs> podcast about, right? <laughs> no moral gray area. No considerations. Just like Elvis Thanks. in Hawaii, 200 Lions. Elvis in about Alabama. That's where you jump in.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with a good 3,000 lions. 3,000 3,
0: lions. What
2: the hell? Why not?
0: Is that Elvis alone or is he calling in <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just He's gotta call in some
2: help from his friends, I uh-huh. hope.
1: You get by with a little help from your friends. 100%.
0: Three thousand lions.
1: Three thousand. I've written it
0: down on this very secure piece of paper. That's it. It's been locked <laughs> in, in stone. Yeah.
2: That completely <laughs> breaches G- gpdr but yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> hey, I mean Boris Johnson. If you want to come for me, try it. See what happens.
2: It's going so to be the lions that come for you, both.
1: <laughs> <The> lions. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> somebody come for me. it will be fine. <laughs>
2: But yeah, the lions are coming for you now.
1: Uh, what, you, oh, no.
0: what you don't How know many is do that you we're think actually gathering information for the lions here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is a turn of events.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is actually one big act. The deep lore of the podcast
0: is that we're double agents. So yeah. We gather information about well, like human military capacity to fight lions. <laughs>
1: If you and ever hear this us This
0: time
2: Boney M is playing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you ever hear us roar on the podcast, no you didn't.
2: <laughs> oh, I was about to make a really bad lion pun then and I'm so glad I didn't.
1: Oh what well, well, oh, you've it. said this now, go on.
2: <laughs> no, it's really bad. Uh, right. I was gonna say that's rawsome. <laughs> oh, oh, <no. laughs>
1: that's terrible. <laughs>
2: Got
0: a lot of pride (laughs) in that joke
2: (laughs) That's why I didn't want to say it out loud I cut myself off (laughs) But you've just ruined My career
1: Yep This is a real good pause for thought (laughs) um, Thank you
0: so much for coming on the podcast I think 3000 Lions Elvis brackets Alabama (laughs) i wonder how many elvises we can get in the list
2: (laughs) i'm sure it won't be the last
1: Uh, Um, to be fair same
2: (laughs) well to be fair i didn't even think they'd be a first but apparently
0: (laughs) What we're here for. At some point, I'm gonna have to like collate all of my information about how many lions Elvis could fight into one place because I've I just t- got too many pieces of paper with scrawlings about Elvis lions fighting. <laughs> on it.
1: What I like to think of this is is I feel like there's a multiverse of Elvises. Yeah. And each of them are just taking on a different amount of lions, but it's now a fixed point in Elvis' life, regardless of where he is, is that he has to fight lions.
2: That's just it. You made it happen.
1: Just it by manifested. this po- podcast. Yep. Elvis
2: uh, should be praising you. You'll be thankful.
1: Cheers, Elvis. Wherever he is. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: How you Wherever now? you
2: are in the multiverse. <laughs>
0: The real reason why Elvis faked his death to get away from the lions. He's going to surprise them. This
1: is it.
2: The lions are surely too intelligent for that.
0: They'll sniff him out. <laughs> they're really surely. that intelligent if they've hired me and Jimmy.
1: <laughs> it's, they don't pay and us who enough, knows? Dan.
2: Double threat.
1: Yeah, double threat. The, the threat is Dan twice. That's <laughs> what it, <laughs>
0: Exactly that. <laughs> well thank you very much for coming on the podcast do you have would you like to plug your social media it's up to you go for it yeah
2: you can find me on the wide wide web i suppose insta i'm Livesltlt, and i was coming to you with forrest gump thank you so much for having me guys
0: no Amazing. Thank you for coming along.
2: It has been a pleasure.
1: Um, Until next time,
3: yeah.
2: when
1: we find somebody else to talk about <laughs> their piece of media of choice, whether it be good or bad, or somewhere in the middle.
0: Yeah, I, I really want to get someone on who hates something, like, bitterly, with a passion.
1: I, uh, I, think. I might have a guest in mind. I might
0: right. Well, <laughs> with that shocking revelation... duh Plot twist! Please remember to like, comment, subscribe... Um,
1: share this with any Elvis Presley fans you know.
0: Share. That's a good word. Write us a letter. Um, or an email. Write Blue Peter a letter. Just with, with, with our information on it.
2: <laughs> Send funny and interesting things in the
0: post. Tweet James, James Gunn asking for an apology about the way he tweet, treated scrappy Deer. <laughs> <laughs> Do all of these things and more. Um, but we will see you next time. Ciao for now.